Yeah, go get ready. Come on. Go get your shoes. Come on. Go put your vest on. Come on. Come on. As a matter of fact, go get all your stuff. Come on! That's right. What you saying? This ain't worked out. You better go get your head. Come on! And here's the reason He saw me up there all alone So for my sin he did atone He purchased me, I'm not my own I want to please him Hello everybody, alright, let's roll I hope you got your shoes on, got your bags packed And you are ready to go up with me on Faith Street Welcome everybody to On Faith Street with Derek Steele And it is my delight to be with you today And to just break bread with you Such a wonderful thing to break bread with God's people uh, On God's day In God's place, amen That's where we are uh, We are in, in the place and the space uh, In Christ Where uh, good things abound and we want to share some good word with you today as we continue with our teaching from our series, Proclaiming Liberty. And we're on lesson five, lesson five, which uh, is entitled The Principles of Recovery. We want to talk about this because principles are very important. Uh, we need to understand that for everything, there are principles that guide and 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 uh, and maintain operations and, and systems. And so. The same is true when it comes to addiction and recovery, uh, when it comes to living the Christian life. Uh, we're going to have to plug into uh, uh, observing and abiding by and with the principles of recovery. And uh, I submit to you today that the principles of living the Christian life are synonymous with the principles of recovery. Sometimes we have to emphasize different aspects of it uh, more strongly or more consistently uh, than other aspects according to each and every person's different makeup. And so today we want to take your attention to the Word of God uh, where we are in Hebrews chapter 5. I'm going to talk about this a minute. For when the time ye ought to be teachers... Ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God, and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. That's powerful. That's, that's packed in with truth there and things that we need to lift out of this text is Hebrews chapter five and verse 12. And as we go up Faith Street, we want to understand today as we talk about the principles of recovery, uh, what is said here in this text for when ye, for the time ye ought to be teachers. And I, I, I direct this to every person out there who is living in active addiction, as well as many people who are in the church who are living in sin. Uh, people out there who are not, you know, you're not where you ought to be. Uh, this text is for you. He says, ye have need that one teach you again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. First principles. 
Amen. First principles. Uh, you know, when I first went into the uh, treatment center at Disc Village, one of the things that struck me was that I had a chance to start over again. And one and 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 uh a description of it uh that that we use is we say we're back at square one. And so first principles. So it's okay if that's where you are, you're at the first principles. Well then pick up from there with the first principles and move on. Keep growing into the other principles. He he says uh you need one to teach you again which be the first principles of the oracles of God. Hey, that may be true. You may need somebody to teach you again. You know, um, there was a time in my life where I thought, man, I'm, I'm, I'm growing deep in the Lord. And, and some of the word I'm hearing seems to be basic. And But the Lord showed me that I needed to rehearse some of the basic things, some of the first things. And so we all may be there at times. So don't feel ashamed of that. But pick up where you are. My, my word to you, God's word to you today is that if you're at square one, then step, baby. Move from square one. Amen. Move from that place so that you can grow. He says, which be the first principles of the oracles of God. So, so he's saying the first principles of what God has said and what he has spoken to you and what he has spoken to us as a church. And God has been speaking to you directly as he's spoken to all of us in a general word, which is for us all. He's also speaking to you with a rhema word, which is a word for you so that you understand the basic principles of of uh, the church and of Christianity and then the, the basic steps that you as a person are to take. And so he says, um, for when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teacher again, which be the first principles of the oracles of God and are become such as have need of milk and not of strong meat. And uh, and so what we want to understand that there are principles that we need to keep in mind that God has given us. And these principles are, are key to uh, to us getting set free from addiction and from uh, sin, addiction and sin, sin, sickness, disease, uh, discomfort, distress, depression, all of those things that they're, they're, they're not meant for us to uh to deal with We're, they're not meant for us to have to experience it's not meant for us to have to be depressed amen god's purpose for us was not that we be despondent not that we be full of sickness or disease or that we become addicted to any substance or mind altering so god's call for us is that we have peace and that we grow strong in the lord and so I want to talk about the first principles of the oracles of God. These are the principles of recovery. As we take one principle, we can move on to the next principle. Are you hearing what I'm saying? What is a principle? Webster defines it in this way. A general truth. A law comprehending many subordinate truths. A method or rule adopted as the basis for action or conduct. Uprightness. A man of principle. The primary source from which anything proceeds. A principle is a basic doctrine or tenet, an underlying cause, a precept seen in natural phenomena or underlying the operation of a machine. For example, the principle of gravity. In the Greek, the word is uh, stokion, and it infers something orderly in arrangement. It refers to something basal, fundamental, and initial. It involves the very proposition of a thing. The root word from which it is derived is the Greek in the Greek is stokeo, 
which means to arrange in regular line or to march in military rank to keep step. It is used figuratively to mean to conform to virtue and piety. So in essence, it has to do with the lining up in proper order. Are you hearing what I'm saying? When you when you move into the principles and you begin to live your life based on principle, then you're living your life based on order and structure and and you're lining yourself up with a, a order that operates properly. Amen. You're, you're getting in rank and in step with the way things are supposed to be done. Amen. With the way. And, and, and that's what we want to teach today. We want to talk about the principles that will set you free. Amen. Jesus said, ye shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Well, if you don't know the principles, then you don't know the truth. Uh, uh, Solomon said, with all thy getting, get an understanding. Amen. So that you can understand how it works. That's one of the things uh, that really, uh, really began to, to eat at me as I began to wrestle with this thing called addiction. Because I knew I'd grown up in church. I knew I had given my life to the Lord as a child. I knew that, you know, I, I read the Bible periodically and, and been in Sunday school and Baptist training union and all of that. But how does this thing work? And that's the key, is understanding how this thing works. And it doesn't work you focusing on on one particular principle and leaving out the others, but they all work in conjunction with another. And so it's very important for me as I began to wrestle with the problems and struggles of life, began to face my own mistakes and and began to wrestle with my own inadequacies and my own transgressions, my own shortcomings. As I began to deal with that, I began to 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 ask the question, well, Lord, uh, how come I'm not I'm not making it? How come wh- wh- what's wrong? And 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 how does this thing work? Uh, this Christianity thing, uh, uh, I'm pulled this way and I'm pulled that way. And then then I'm, I'm poured upon and, and and I'm moving from from heights of of uh, of uh, of, of being high in, in, on drugs and then down into despondency when there is no drugs. Well, one of the first things was to get rid of the drugs, of course. But then there's the other. There's the, then how do I grow from there? How do I get past that? How do I operate in the things of Christ? Amen. And um, how does this thing just, how does it work? And that's, that's what many people are asking right now. You know, I've been going to church. You know, I, I was raised in the church, I, but, but, but you don't know how it works, you know, and, and, and so sometimes we can be in the church and not really, really ascertain how do we live the Christian life? How do we operate? And, and I, I'm here today to submit to you today that that uh, the, the principles of Christianity are the same principles that will guide us out of any malady, that will guide us out of any uh, situation, any pit we might find ourselves in, any trouble we might find ourselves in. It, the principles of Christianity are the same principles that I'm calling the principles of recovery. So I want to bring them in a certain way so that we can understand how they how they operate in our lives. When it comes to recovery for us today, it's necessary that we, we be willing to line up. Amen. Uh, the 12-step programs point us toward certain principles that are lifted right out of the Word of God. These are the same principles that God has displayed for all Christians to employ in order to live in the victory that Christ has provided. 
Principles regarding anything must not be ignored. Principles regarding your car. You, you can't drive your car if you don't follow the proper principles. Amen. You've got to have a battery and an engine and you've got to have oil in that thing and you got to have gas and everything's got to work in conjunction and you can't go forward if you got it in reverse. There's certain principles that cannot be ignored. Uh, they are the determining factors that govern how a thing will or will not operate. So everything has principles. Principles are simply the rules by which a thing works. Function is always contingent upon certain vital principles, which by no means can be substituted for. And life in Christ is no exception. Recovery from drugs and alcohol and abuse is no exception. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Um, the big book says there is no softer, easier way to recover. We must do it according to the principles, according to the principles. So I want to share with you a, a, a list of principles that govern the recovery process. OK, um, and so we've mentioned in lesson one. The four walls of strength are the 4-H group, but we include them again here because they're essential and I believe initial uh, to the first principles. And so uh, the first principle I want to share with you today is the principle of humility. And I think that should be first. I think humility is first. Uh, you know, uh, it, it is said that an alcoholic will not recover until he sees it as a life and death matter. And oftentimes it's true with alcoholics, with addicts, with anyone who's suffering from some kind of addictive or compulsive behavior um, until they see that, man, man, you're going to die. You're going to die and waste away. If you, until they see that, they oftentimes do not uh, pull themselves up and enter into recovery. And so we want you today, no matter where you are, what you're dealing with, we want you to recover. Hallelujah. There's a chapter in the in the N.A. book that says we do recover. And so this is a series uh, proclaiming liberty. This series is, is meant to teach us the basic fundamental uh, uh, aspects of walking out our recovery. And so the first principle we want to share, as I said, is humility. Somebody ought to say that humility. And, and it's good if you just declare to yourself, say I will humble myself. I'm humbling myself. Amen. I'm humbling myself before God because that's really what it's about. And when you, you know, when you really humble yourself before God, you're able to live a life of humility before people. Amen. You're able to, to, to live humility out before people. Uh, so what is humility? It reflects a broken heart and a meek spirit. It's often referred to as, uh, as a person who, well, let me say it this way. Um, oftentimes people will not actually uh, display or, or gain a heart of humility until they have actually hit rock bottom. OK, I want you to look with me at um, at the scripture that is found in Psalms 10 and 17. And I give you a moment to get Psalm. 10 and 17 humility in the dictionary it, it said is the quality of being humble the quality of being humble and so in true form humility is an outward expression 
of an appropriate inner or self-regard and is in contrast to humiliation, which is an imposition, often external, of shame upon a person. So uh, so we we want to understand that that there's a difference in humility and humiliation. Uh, so on the flip side of humility is often uh, it is often misappropriated as an ability to uh, suffer humiliation through self denouncements. Humility is often misappropriated as an ability to suffer humiliation through self-denouncements, which in itself remains focused on self rather than on low self-focus as true humility is really defined as. And one definition defines it as being unselved, a, a liberation from self, a form of temperance without pride or haughtiness. It is seen as a virtue. So let's look at Psalm uh, 10 and verse 17, 10 and 17. It reads like this, Lord, thou hast heard the desire of the humble. Thou wilt prepare their heart. Thou wilt cause thine ear to hear. See, there's something about the humble heart. Amen. He, he says, you've heard the desire of the humble. See, God's, God's not, see, that's the first principle <clears throat> of prayer. It's the first principle of salvation. It's the first principle <clears throat> of liberation. Humility is the first principle of restoration of the re relationship that we need with God. Uh, our relationship with God will never be reconciled until we first uh, gain a heart of humility. And oftentimes it comes out of brokenness. Let's look at Isaiah 57. If you look at Isaiah 57 with me, and you'll see that God is all about humility in the man. If, if we have no humility, then we, we're, we're fake with God. We're, we're not true and real with God because we're, we're looking at life uh, from a distorted view and, and a misappropriated view of ourselves and of God. Uh, Isaiah 57 and 15 says, For thus saith the high and lofty one that inhabiteth eternity, whose name is holy. I dwell in the high and holy place with him also that is of a contrite and humble spirit to revive the spirit of the humble and to revive the heart of the contrite ones. Hallelujah. He says, So I'm high and lofty. I'm the highest there is. But when I see your humility, as high as I am, I come to dwell in, in, your, in the place where you are. You may be in the pit, and I'm lofty and high on the throne, God is saying. He's saying, but because you're humble in that pit, and you've humbled yourself before me, I'll be right there to dwell with you. And not only will I dwell with you, he says, hallelujah, but I, I dwell with you because I've come to revive your heart and to lift you up. This is God's call, and, and this is why humility is so very important. Uh, it's very, very important. Interesting, as you talk about and think about humility, um, there, there have been great thinkers over the years who, who've talked about humility and, uh, and have, have declared that humility is the way to life. One one has said it is is as it said it in the definition. It, it defines humility as being unselved, no longer caught up in self. 
that that that's the main thing. That's the main thing is you're no longer caught up in self. Amen. Praise his holy name. So uh, uh, as, as you look at it, uh, you, you see that that um, humility is very, very important. It's very, very important for all of us to to uh, humble ourselves. For me, um, I didn't have the kind of humility I needed until I saw how bad I was in need. And th- this is what we mean by hitting rock bottom. Um, when I saw myself in and out of jail, come on, somebody. When I saw myself from this treatment center to that treatment center, uh, saying I'm not going to do it anymore, I won't won't ever do drugs again, I'm, and then going back out there and doing it again, uh, it, it, that becomes a point, that, that comes a place where you decide, man, I, I, I'm not moving, I, I'm just going to be still. And, and that's, that's very important that one scripture says, be still and know that I am God. Hallelujah. And sometimes that's what it takes in, in the midst of your trouble. Sometimes it's just be still. And, and for me, it became a, a time and a moment where I decided I'm going to take every day step by step. Amen. One day at a time. One moment after one moment. Amen. I, I, I'm not going to move too fast. Amen. And, and that's that's the key. That's the key because once we become totally uh, humble, to the point where we're willing to rest our every move on God. Hallelujah. To realize I know nothing. I know nothing. Only God. Hallelujah. I, I know not what to do, but only as God leads me and God, as God guides me. And that's the importance of, um, you know, the big book talks about your higher power. Well, God is the higher power. Amen. Jesus is my higher power. Amen. God with us always. Amen. Jesus, the Holy Spirit is my higher power. And he, he is the higher power that will guide us, that we can truly, truly depend on. You know, you look back at people like Emmanuel Kant. Uh, his view of humility was defined as that meta attitude that constitutes the moral agent's proper perspective on himself as a dependent and corrupt but capable and dignified rational agent. Kant's notion of humility relies on the centrality of truth and rational thought leading to proper perspective and can therefore be seen as emergent. Isn't that good? So, see, when you, when you humble yourself, now you're ready to emerge in your recovery. You're ready to emerge in the, in the walk with Christ. You're ready to emerge. Now, you, you ought not emerge unless there be some humility in your heart and in your life because you'll emerge and you'll hurt people. Amen. If you don't have humility, you're emerged with the wrong perspective and the wrong understanding and view of life and view of people and view of God and therefore go down the wrong path. But if we emerge with humility, hallelujah, then we'll emerge with power and with strength and with clarity and we'll be in foul and rank and we'll be lined up with truth and we'll be operating according to the principle Come on, somebody. Hallelujah. You're operating according to a godly principle. James 4, 6 and 10 is another text that leads us to understand what humility is all about. Um, you cannot, you cannot uh, operate in the principles without really moving forward in the word. The word has everything we need and details every aspect of this walk. 
If you you want recovery, it's in the word, but we've got to take the word, amen, and we've got to apply it. We've got to apply it to our lives. Hallelujah. God has has told us um, humility is is found in the word of God over and over again. And uh, and as you as you search, you can do a search just like uh, your pastor does. You can do a search just like anybody else. If you're going to be a student of the word, then you ought to be able to get your Bible. Amen. You ought to be able to uh, do a search on the word humility, do a search on the word love, whatever it is that that uh, you're desiring to learn about. And uh, and if it's if it's on on um, on faith. Whatever it is, you can find out yourself in the word. And so I'm just here to lead you. So if you go with me to James 4, uh, verses 6 through 10, it says, But he, talking about God, but he giveth more grace. Wherefore he saith, God resisteth the proud, but giveth grace unto the humble. Hallelujah. See, that's how you emerge. That's how we emerge, I say. We emerge because we've humbled ourselves before God. Hallelujah. And so he giveth more grace. And see, boy, grace is the thing that carries us. Grace is the thing that takes us. Amen. Grace opens up doors. Grace uh, causes our enemies to be at peace with us. Grace causes, hallelujah, uh, life, hallelujah, to be doable with joy. Hallelujah. Because great, there's nothing greater than God's grace and his mercy because it, it is an expression of his divine love. But he says he resisted the proud. But giveth grace unto the humble. Isn't that wonderful? He giveth grace unto the humble. That means if you've humbled yourself, then you walk. You walk in grace. You walk with grace. Hallelujah. And another scripture we want to touch on before we leave this thing about humility. Um, because we don't want to move too fast. We want to stay right in here so that we can ruminate and we can let this word uh, saturate our heart and our mind. We're talking about humility, talking about the principles of recovery, the principles of life. Really, it's what it is. It's biblical principles. Uh, it's the principles of the Christian walk. Hallelujah. But but it's the it's the way that we do it. it, it it's the things that we we want to um, that we want to employ. In our life, amen. And and I put humility as number one because I think God wanted us to understand that without it, you can't move into any other area. You can't emerge. You can't grow. You can't uh, uh, learn. You can't gain revelation knowledge because humility is the first step, amen, to humble ourselves before God and realize not me. I don't know anything and I need help. Amen. I'm, I'm humble enough to know that that uh, I'm wretched and sinful in my own state. My mind is limited. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, uh, I don't know everything. I make mistakes, but with God, I can do all things. So I humble myself and I reach for God. I reach for God and I realize that I'm not better than anybody else. That humility does it. Humility realizes that, you know, if I close my mouth, I might learn something that you've got to say. That's right. If I open my ears and close my mouth, hallelujah, because when I'm talking, I'm all, somebody said this, when I'm talking, I'm only saying what I already know. But when I'm listening, I'm listening to where I can learn something that I may not know. Isn't that right? And that's the mindset of humility. We want to look at Luke uh, chapter 18 and reading from verse four, uh, verse 10, actually. Look at verse 10. And it says this, two men went up into the temple. This is Jesus talking. And he says, two men went up into the temple to pray, 
The one was a Pharisee and the other a publican. Publican is a tax collector. You know, they were considered to be crooks and thieves. The Pharisee stood and prayed. You know, Pharisees were one of the religious leaders. He stood and prayed thus with himself. God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are extortioners, unjust adulterers, or even as this publican. I fast twice in the week. I give tithes of all that I possess. And the publican standing afar off. Jesus said, he would not lift up so much as his eyes into heaven, but he smote upon his breast saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. Jesus said, I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Hallelujah. Isn't that real? That's real because, see, Jesus is given a good example. This Pharisee who thought because of all his religious works that he was somebody and, and never acknowledged that he, 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 even in all his religious, God needs God. Never acknowledged that. Hallelujah. But this sinner, this publican, he came to the altar. Amen. He, he didn't stay away. He came and he said, Lord, forgive me. Hallelujah. He said, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. He said, I know, I know I'm not worth uh, you rewarding, but if you just have mercy on me and not, not punish me like I deserve, then, Lord, I'll be grateful. He wouldn't even lift his head, head up to heaven because he was convicted in his heart and humility had grabbed a hold of him in the presence of the living God. That's what it is. That's what this humility is. It's realizing that wherever in the presence of the living God, that we ought to humble ourselves before him, recognize our own shortcoming and realize that we need him. Hallelujah. And then when we realize that we can reach out to him as, 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 uh, that text says, uh, as, uh, we read, we can emerge, we can emerge. Hallelujah. As, uh, Kent said, Praise his holy name. Are you getting anything out of this? I, I hope you are. I pray that you're with me, that you're listening, that you're following along, that you're deciding in your heart that, that I won't be as arrogant as I've been, that I'll humble myself, that I'll listen, that I'll, I'll uh, bow myself down in heart and mind and realize that, that I need God and that without him, I'm nothing. Hallelujah. Praise his holy name. Humility. That's the first, first principle of recovery. And it seems our time is almost gone. But before we go, I want to share one more principle. It's the principle of honesty. And this involves admission. Hallelujah. It involves admission and vulnerability. And it leads to repentance. See, if we're honest, then humility has a perfect place in us. If we're honest, right, then we realize how bad we need God. If we're honest, we see, hallelujah, that uh, we have not been what we ought to be. Isn't that right? If we're honest, we realize that we have ways that are not pleasing before God. Come on. If we're honest, you better walk with me. I said, if, if, if we're honest, then we will, we will uh, admit our situation and a problem. See, admission 
is the is the first step, uh, first step of emergence, uh, so to speak, uh, in our recovery. First comes the humility, then comes the admission. You're humble in your heart. Now you got to say it. Mm-hmm. I said you're humble in your heart, but the next thing is to say it out of your mouth. That's why it's very important. A lot of people don't understand. They think it's a bad confession. When people come into the rooms of AA and NA and declare, hey, my name's so-and-so and I'm an addict or I'm an alcoholic. Well, you know, it, it's the truth. <laughs> it's the truth. And, and, and until they admit that truth, they can't come out of it. They can't come out of it. You know, the blind man said, Lord, help me because I'm blind. You know, the, the leper said, help us have mercy on us because we're, we're leprous. Amen. Uh, the woman had an issue of blood. Hallelujah. But but her, her hope was in God. Her trust was in God. See, see the thing is, first being honest, that you, you've spent all your money trying to get help and nothing is help. You know, the truth is that I need help. And to be honest uh, and to admit uh, the issue when it comes to addiction uh, is realizing that, yeah, I started off having fun. I started off uh, just re- recreational drugs or uh, with pain pills, but now it has become I've, I've, I've used it so much till it has become an addiction. Uh, and, and that word addiction, again, as I said in previous lesson, uh, comes from a French word called attache, uh, which means it literally attaches itself to a person. Amen. It's attached. Hallelujah. And, 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 and so I need help. I, I wish I could unattach it myself. But the reality is, to be honest with it, I, I, I can't handle this myself. But I know that you can, Lord. With your help, I can do all things. And so the honesty means that, that I need help. And so it's admitting that this situation has, has developed in my life. Amen. Hallelujah. If a person has developed uh, whatever it is in their life, then they need to admit that this is where they are. And this is uh, uh, being honest and coming clean. You know, I, I haven't been right. I haven't haven't done the things I ought to. But but right now I can't stop using, you know, no matter what, what I do, I, I, I haven't been able to stop. And I can say I can. But every time I say I can and say I won't ever use again, here I am again out there using. So the reality is, is that you're or you're operating and you're living out in active addiction. And that's what we call an addict or an alcoholic. Amen. But that doesn't mean you have to stay an addict or an alcoholic. Amen. It, it means you admit first that you are. And like I said before, uh, when we had our addiction recovery groups at, at the church, uh, our group was called Free Indeed uh, Recovery Ministries. But uh, we opened our meetings and each person introduced themselves this way. Hello, my name is Derek Steele and I'm in recovery and I'm getting all my stuff back. But, but, but you know what? You have to really admit that, yeah, you're in recovery now, but why are you in recovery? You're in recovery because you have not been able to stop using drugs and people have prayed over you they poured oil all over you they they baptize you three times and you're still using and 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 so you you have to do something uh about what's going on inside of you amen everybody can do what they can from the outside amen but only god can touch the inside and he he will touch the inside when the inside is ready Amen. And oftentimes, as we said before, the inside's not going to be ready till a person hits rock bottom. And so where's your bottom today? Is your bottom now that, now that you've blown another paycheck? 
Is your bottom line that you, you just got out of jail and, and, and you starting over, you lost your job? Where's your bottom? Is your bottom that, 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 uh, uh, now you're, you're living with, with a situation, uh, that's unchangeable due to your drug addiction? Uh, where's your bottom? Have, have you lost your family, your children? What, what's happened? Ha- have you lost your wife? Uh, have you lost your house, your home? Where's your bottom? If this is your rock bottom, then you can allow humility to do a great work. You can, you can come clean and be honest and say, you know, I've got a problem. It's apparent that I've got a problem. Amen. And I can't, I haven't been able to handle it myself. And so I'm admitting, yeah, 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 I'm an addict. Somebody help me. You know, it's like the leper saying, Lord, that you might restore my sight. Amen. And so this is it. This is it because he will not do it until you ask him to. He will not do it until you want him to. He won't do it until you realize that you need him to. And 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 a great deal about this that and about this a, a real truth about this is that uh, our recovery is dependent upon the state of our soul. And the state of our spirit, amen How, What's going on on the inside and, and what's going on in our mind What's happening in our heart, amen We've got to give all that to him All that to him Hallelujah, are you hearing What we're saying today, amen Um, want you to look at the text with us uh, Luke 8 and 15 8 and 15 but that on the good ground, this is from the parable where Jesus talked about the sword went out to sow. Some fell on good ground, some fell on stony ground and so forth and so on. He says some fell on good ground. He says, but that on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, they keep it and bring forth fruit with patience. Just want to ruminate on that a minute. See, see when that that fell on the good ground. The good ground is the good heart, amen, the honest heart. See, the words that the preacher's preaching, the counsel that the counselor's giving, uh, the good advice that your uh, your sponsor is sharing with you, those are the seeds. And if your heart is honest, if you're willing to come clean, if you're willing to, uh, to uh, become vulnerable a little bit, and 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 share the truth about your ways, amen. Because see, your ways represent what's inside. What's inside the heart comes out in your ways and the in the way you do things and in, in your actions and in your deeds. What's inside comes out uh, on the outside, amen. And so, if you have an honest heart, uh, you realize that that I've been. Cheating people and 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 I've been uh, uh, conning people and and I've been been doing everything for self and and trying to make sure I just had enough. Didn't didn't care how it hurt people. Uh, didn't care uh, uh, what loss it brought to others, as long as it brought gain to myself to feed my addiction. Didn't care that the children were left alone or, or didn't care that there was no money to pay for the bills because I had to feed my addiction. And you have to come honest with those things and come honest with the fact that that uh, you didn't like so and so anyway. That's why you didn't care. Amen. Or whatever it is, you got to come and deal with those things. God is calling you to deal with those things and to be honest about what's going on in your heart. Amen. Our time is so quickly expired. Um, I've only dealt with two of our uh, probably about 12 or 14 different recovery principles, but we want to take our time with it. We want to allow God to, to, uh, 
to use this word with us. And as we close, uh, I do want to share another text. I'm going to share just a couple of other texts with you uh, before we go. Because uh, the the key to all of these things that we're sharing with you right now uh, is found in the word. And, and it has greater weight and, and uh, has greater profundity and strength to help and heal when we see it and when we get it in the word. Amen. So turn with me quickly to John 3 and 21, verse 21. And you'll see here... Uh, where Jesus says, where it says, and they asked him, what then? Art thou Elias? And he saith, I am not. Excuse me, I'm in the wrong, I'm in the wrong, in the wrong place. Okay, we're, we're John 3 and 21. 3 and 21, he's, it says, uh, but he that doeth truth cometh to the light, that his deeds may be made manifest, that they are wrought in God. See, once you come to truth, then all of a sudden, hallelujah, then you've, you've connected. You, you've, you've reconciled. When, when you deal with truth, you're dealing with God. When you allow truth in, then you allow God in. Amen. When, because God is the truth. He that doeth truth cometh to the light. When, when, when you allow the truth to come forth, then you've brought it out into the open, into the light. You know, a, a wound will heal in the light, in the air. It will heal. Amen. Healing comes. You can't keep it in the closet somewhere. You've got to bring it out into the light. Hallelujah. That your deeds. And then verse go on. You read on. It says, after these things came Jesus and his disciples into the land of Judea. And there he tarried with them and baptized. Amen. And uh, <clears throat> hallelujah. I'm, I'm reading, reading for I need to go to chapter four. Chapter 423 is where I want to take you next. Chapter 4 and 23. It says, and, uh, but the hour cometh, Jesus is telling the woman at the well, remember. But the hour cometh, and now is when the true worshipers shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For the Father seeketh such to worship him. God is a spirit, and they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. See, it's about truth. This this thing, uh, uh, when it comes to recovery, when it comes to living the Christian life, has to do with with uh, embracing the truth. Another scripture in John eight, he says, uh, "Ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free." It's this honesty. I want to go to Proverbs real quick with you before we close out. Proverbs, and we're looking at our chapter three. And we're at verse three. And it says, let not mercy and truth forsake thee. Bind them about thy neck. Write them upon the table of thine heart. He's saying, keep mercy and truth. Allow truth, amen, to be a part of your lifestyle. Now, truth as a guiding principle. Truth and, and mercy as a part of, of how you live. And these are the principles. As we said, principles are are are. are are things that, that are there to, to set up order. Amen. A principle is a guiding law and a guiding rule. And without it, it, things will not operate properly. And so I'm telling you today that honesty and truth ought to be the principles of your life. Uh, your byword, it, it ought to be that, that when you say it, that's what it is. Amen. If you promise it, then you promise it. That's what it is. If it, 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 if it, if it's true, then you relate to it and you acknowledge it. 
because you want to live clean. Come clean before the Lord. Amen. I want you to look at another scripture in, in uh, Proverbs. Proverbs uh, 12. Look at 12. Proverbs 12 and 19. Hallelujah. This scripture says, The lip of truth shall be established forever, but a lying tongue is but for a moment. See, that's how you emerge. You emerge with this by speaking the truth. And it may be from the pit, from rock bottom, but you decided I'm going to tell the truth about who I am, what I am, uh, how, how desperately I need the Lord, uh, my inadequacies. And then you keep, keep, you keep telling the truth. And, and, and before you know it, your, your, your word will be established. He says, your lips will be established forever. And not only will you be able to tell the truth about your life, Amen. But you'll begin to, to, to speak in a way, hallelujah, that brings truth to light for others' lives, that brings truth to life for uh, many, many other people who may have been dealing with what you've been dealing with. Amen. Hallelujah. Because as you continue in this walk, humility and honesty will be guiding lights. They will be guiding principles to keep you on the right path that you might emerge into all that God has called you to be. Isn't that good stuff? Hallelujah. And as we close, uh, it's always our heart's desire to give an opportunity for you out there to receive the Lord Jesus. And see, it takes humility. This is the first step. Amen. Uh, you, you may feel like I need to, uh, I need to uh, rededicate my life. That's good, too. That's great, too, right now. Right here and now. So we give you that opportunity that if you want to receive the Lord Jesus, you can do it now. Just say this prayer with me. Dear Lord Jesus, come into my life. I need you. I have problems. I have situations. I have circumstances that, that, that I've been unable to overcome on my own. But Lord, I reach out to you now and I ask that you set me free, deliver me, come into my life, become Lord of my life, become my savior. Lord, I make you my king. Hallelujah. I ask that you write my name in your book of life, that you fill me with your Holy Spirit and use me to your glory. Keep me and cover me and carry me into my purpose and destiny that you created for me in Jesus Christ's name. Hallelujah. If you prayed that prayer, then you too are saved and you're on your way in the process of recovery uh, and we pray that you continue to work the principles of recovery in your life praise his holy name hallelujah uh it's been a delight to be with you all today out there in radio world we hope you can join us again real soon before we go we want to give a kudos to our sponsors the Dream Foundation and Mr. Michael Dobson there for his graciousness and kindness towards us in supporting us. And also uh, the great Dr. Joseph Camps of the Advanced Urological Institute and my own good friend, Pastor Avery McKnight and the Powerhouse Church of God by Faith. Uh, Mr. Scott Thornton and Apogee Science, uh, who at once I used to work for uh, when they owned the uh, Prestige Cleaners. Also, Bishop Michael Moore and Powerhouse Church of God in Christ. Uh, I want to thank them for their gracious, kind support and over the years. He was my uh, childhood Boy Scout. Uh, he was he was our uh, our Boy Scout leader. Amen. And um, 
Also, Ms. Gail Milan, Mr. Charlie Elder, uh, Mr. Tyrone Davis and Direct Auto Exchange, Attorney Harold Knowles, Pastors Richard and Andrea Letford, my great pastors and mentors and leaders whom I love so dearly. And I want to just thank everyone uh, uh, in Radio World who's been supportive of us and uh, Pastor R.B. Holmes, P- Pastor Robert Shelley, Pastor Mike Floyd, Pastor Ivy Williams, all who have been mentors and supporters of mine over the years and many others whom I haven't had a chance to name this time, uh, but you're on my heart. And so I just want to thank you for everything that you have done to support us over the years and to support this radio program. I also want to thank our good friend, uh, Mr. Beigler Thompson at BT Performance. Hello, I am Beigler BT Thompson, owner of BT Performance Unlimited Paint and Body Shop and Auto Repair. We want to thank you for 25 years of service in the area. We offer free diagnostics and free estimates. Insurance and walk-ins are welcome. We can make your vehicle look and run like new. We are located in the Airport Industrial Center, Call us at 575-6262. That's 575-6262. As we close out today, please remember 1 John 5 and 4, which says, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. This is Derek Steele saying, So long out there. Don't stress. Be blessed. See you next week on Faith Street.